Hello, Winchester Vineyard and our friends who've tuned in to our video meeting. My name is Mark Isles and I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning, if it is morning for you, because in the current circumstances we're a lot more flexible than we used to be. Um, many people have been asking me a question that's on a lot of our minds. What is Father doing in this season? Um, and I feel very strongly that in our current circumstances, challenging as they are, it's not time to look for new answers and new solutions and new ways of doing things, although I recognize that that is very appealing. Actually, it's time to stand on old truths and on the things that our lives are based upon. It's time to stand on the rock. Jesus is the rock. It's time to stand on the rock. And figuratively speaking, when times are tough, I find it helpful to take my shoes and socks off and actually feel the rock under my feet. And I hope this morning I can do for you, that for you. I can help you feel the rock under your feet. I felt Father guide me to a letter in the Bible to the Philippians, chapter 4, um, which I think is very relevant to our current circumstances, the virus, the lockdown, and the other family challenges that we're facing. It contains five powerful, countercultural, and non negotiable truths, which I hope will encourage you. I want them to be an encouragement to you. I want them to guide you. And I do hope that they build your faith on this journey. There's something that Father has led me to that has inspired me, kept me on track. And actually one of them was in the um, baptism Bible I was given originally and is probably the source of my understanding of this passage. The first passage that I want to take us to in the letter to the Philippians is in chapter 4 and verse 4. Nice short verse, not long, but really punchy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Very simple, very straightforward, very direct. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. In our current climate, we are faced with complaining, we are faced with criticism, and we are faced with crises. It's all around us. And the, the grave danger of this is that we start to focus on what we don't have rather than on what we do have. It becomes a very unbalanced view of the world and our lives. This passage is countercultural. It goes against the waves of what is coming against us. What it's trying to do is release the power of thankfulness. Release the power of thankfulness. How's it doing this? It says always, all the time, anywhere, whenever you can, no matter how small a matter it is, give thanks for the things that you do have rather than focusing on the things that you don't have. It is a change in the way we look. It's looking up rather than looking down. Um, I remember in the past, I was often encouraged to not look up 
from underneath my circumstances, but to look down from above them. It's just perspective, but it can change who you are dramatically. So what is the action in this? Well, the action for you is to regularly, and that is routinely and on a regular basis, take time to stop and thank your heavenly father for something. Whenever it occurs to you, just stop where you are, focus on your life, find something that you have to thank him for and give thanks there and then. Doesn't matter whether you're at home, in the shops or at work, it just takes a few moments. You can be out for a walk, you can be with the kids, just take a few moments and say, thank you father for this thing that I have in my life that you have provided. And that regular action will change who we are and how we are working. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Think about others. Remember to thank others who you appreciate. That's going to be a shock to some people. It's not necessarily something that we're good at. But thanking those around us who help us on our journey, who support us on our journey, who we can rely on, who've been there for us. Take time to thank them and tell them how much you appreciate them. So the first passage I want to focus you on, what I will call the voices at the end, is chapter four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The second one in the letter of Philippians chapter four is in verses six and seven. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, and that means exceeds, all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends or exceeds all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is genuinely so much for us to worry about at this time. We're faced with what they are calling, quite rightly, an unprecedented situation, a situation we've never been in before, and it's making life very, very challenging. We're facing challenges we've never had before. The pressures on family, the pressures on work, the pressures on us are tremendous. There is a lot out there that's genuinely attracting us to worry about. But what does this passage say? This passage is non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable and calls us not to worry about anything. Is that unthinkable? Is that unreachable? Is that even possible? Well, it is the Bible's truth. The fact that we run around like headless chickens at times doesn't mean that this isn't true. But how do we do this? And I think that is where the change occurs. How, how do we live in a life where we're not anxious and worrying about things? By prayer and petition is defined as a formal request to an authority. So the, the passage says that the way we come to a place where we're not worrying is by prayer 
and a formal request to authority. And that's recognizing that this is not just um, talking to the ceiling. This is talking to somebody in our lives, our Heavenly Father, who has authority and power to change things that surround us. And that brings us into a place of security where we don't have to worry. And it promises that the peace of God will guard our hearts and your minds. And it's great it uses the word guards because there's just so much assaulting us. So what is the action that comes out of this passage, that comes out of this verse? Bring your request to God, open-hearted. Don't just bring him a shopping list of things you need. Be honest with him about those areas in your life which give you real heartache, which cause you to worry, which are a pressure to you. Be honest with them and give them to him as a formal request to an authority. Be honest, it's totally okay, excuse me, <coughs> it's totally okay to say that you're not coping. And what about looking upwards? Don't just think of yourselves, pray for others and look outside yourself um, and ask prayers and seek prayers for those that you can help as well. Look outside of yourself about those who you can help and not only just pray for yourself, but pray for them as well. The third verse is in Philippians 4, verse 8. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This really bites home. For me, social media at the moment is full of future news. It's full of fake news. It's full of fear news. There is a genuine diet of fear and worry available to us 24 hours a day through all our devices shouting for our attention. And this passage is countercultural and challenges us to have a positive diet and to maintain it by the things that we are focusing on. So how does this verse achieve this place of peace? By thinking about all the subjects that satisfy the criterion of what I have just read. And I'm going to repeat things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. We need to get into our life matters that are encouraging and strengthening and positive, as well as the reality of where we are. So what action is there? Well, as I sometimes have taught in my mentoring sessions, um, there is a simple phrase that we need to apply. You need to think about what you're thinking about. You need to think about what you're thinking about. We need to address what fills our mind. What are we dwelling on? What are we chewing over? What is filling our thoughts? And change these things for the better by focusing on anything that satisfies the criterion in verse eight. 
And not only that, look outside yourselves. Speak positively to your family, to your friends and your neighbours, and fill your conversation with these things. Share with them the things that are encouraging you that you found are true and noble and right and pure and admirable, excellent and praiseworthy, and encourage them as well. The fourth item is Philippians 4 verses 12 to 13. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I guess this verse caught my attention because uh, verse 13 is the verse that I had in my baptism Bible, a gift I was given at my baptism to remember the event and to encourage me to read the Bible. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. But actually, it was quite easy using newspaper narrative to change it, whether with toilet rolls or without toilet rolls or with plenty of flour or without plenty of flour. Now, these are first world problems and we shouldn't focus on them when there's many people who are living without enough food to eat. But it did make me smile with the things that we struggle with that this verse is there. Where are we? How does this verse apply? Well, what it's basically saying is, despite what it feels like, we can cope with the things in our lives. It often feels that we're just overwhelmed by the situation. We just don't know what to do. There's a sense that there is a giant wave of complicated things that we can't overcome, that we won't be able to cope with. And this verse is very clear. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This passage is a non-negotiable challenge that it is possible for you to cope with your circumstances. Doesn't leave a lot of room for maneuver using the word all, all things, all this. It's non-negotiable. Well, how does this verse do it? Very importantly, by relying on God's strength and not ours. This verse isn't saying, come on, try harder. This verse is not saying, find new and different ways to do things. This verse is not saying there's a trick to this that you can crack the problem. It's saying you can't do it on your own, but you can, you can cope with your circumstances if you learn to rely on God's strength and not your own and trust him. So what's our action? Our action is to ask Father for strength, for his strength in the areas of our lives where we're struggling to cope or not feeling that we are coping. It's a really real answer. It's not trying to pretend, it's facing things right on, head on and saying, Father, I need you to come into this situation that I don't feel I'm coping with and actually provide me with the strength to do it. And don't just think of yourselves, keep in touch with those who are around you and stand with them. It's just such an important time at this current moment in our lives to stand with other people, to be company for them, to support them, to cheer them on, to encourage them on. So, and the last verse, if we haven't had enough already, is from Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4 and verse 19. And that's a good one to finish with. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus.
and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Another verse with all in. There's real uncertainty in our current situation. So this verse really applies. Uh, we don't know where the economy is going. There's just so many projections. There's concern and uncertainty about jobs. Admittedly, some sectors are booming, but there's many others that are really struggling. There is uncertainty about our finances and our money uh, and the government's borrowing vast amounts to help us and support us. But we have so many needs. And along comes verse 19, and it's another non-negotiable verse that is declaring full provision. It may be unusual, it may be unimaginable, it may be miraculous provision, it may even be through others, but this verse is saying that God will meet, however he does it, your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ. That is the truth we're being encouraged to reach out for, to stand on, to hold on to, to believe and to put our trust in it. So how does it work? Well, first of all, it's recognizing that not you or your boss or your salary, but God is the provider in your life. He has the overall provision in your life and it's recognizing him. One of the names of God that is used in theology is Jehovah Jireh. And it's simply saying that one of the fundamental characteristics of God is that he is God the giver, God the provider. And then it's for us to individually declare that to ourselves and to others as a statement of faith and then rely on it as father, as the provider in your life and trust him. It's not pretending we don't have needs. It's looking to God to supply and provide them. And it's not only just stopping with ourselves. If you are not in need, and there are some of us who are fortunate enough to have plenty, then please look around at those that you can support today, help today. One of the things that Julie and I have been particularly encouraged by is that Basics Bank has been overwhelmed with support by people providing food and provisions and other items for those who are finding these times really hard. Many people have stepped up in their abundance and given, and that is just really good news. Well, we're nearly at the end now. I've done the five verses, and I hope they are an encouragement to you, a guide to you, and a faith builder to you. I want to finish with another passage from a book by Isaiah in chapter 30 and verse 21. And it says in verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whether you turn to the left or the right, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I hope these five powerful, countercultural, non-negotiable passages from Philippians chapter four, from the letter to the Philippians in chapter four, are an encouragement to you and that you will take time to meditate on them and consider them. They are real, practical, applicable principles in our lives today that will change our lives. And if you meditate on them, I pray that they become five more voices in your life that call out to you, this is the way, walk in it. 
they are powerful. They are non-negotiable. They are countercultural. that they are God's word to you to live a different life to those around you. I'm just going to finish now by closing in a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these rich truths. Bit of a mouthful, but rich truths in the letter to the Philippians chapter 4. And they call us to reach out to you more. So help us, Father, to be real in our lives about our needs, our worries and the things that are important in our life to bring them to you. And Father, I ask you that you will respond with your love and generosity by providing us with all that we need. Amen. Thank you very much.